0: Um. Well, I threw up today. I threw up big time. But you know what? Before we get into that, a quick reminder: I am on uh, the Generators podcast with my good friend Trent McClellan. We had a great discussion uh, last week. The episode is up now. It's called "The Generators" with Trent McClellan. Um, Of course, you'll know him from this hour. Has twenty-two minutes. He is one of those guys where, you know, he was already he was a veteran when I started doing stand-up comedy. And I remember seeing him the first time perform and just thinking there every now and then you see a comic and you go like, "Oh, the bar is a lot higher than I knew." Cuz you know, I've been around the open mics and seen people doing 5 minutes at a time, and then I remember seeing Trent headline a show and just being blown away. Like I I was losing it the whole time. And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's the That's where you got to get if you want to be a headliner. Um, And he's always, it always seems like he's been ahead of the curve just career-wise, which I've always found inspirational. He was the, he was the first comic that I saw from Canada that was, he was selling out theaters, like thousands of seats selling these theaters out. And I, even to this day, I mean, he's still, and he's still doing it. And to me, that's inspirational because he was the first guy I saw I'm like, "Oh, he's really making a living at this. Like this is this is his real legit career." And he's got some control on it. And so anyway, we had a really good discussion about that. If you want to listen to the whole thing, uh we go way more in depth. Um and it was really fun. I love doing that. It's nice that's the one nice thing with podcasting. That's the only nice thing. <laughs> As if I'm saying something that hasn't been said before, but it's really nice to connect. Um with you know people and have a conversation and thank you technology thank you Steve Jobs for inventing all of this so that we can do it but the bigger story today is that I threw up big time at the end of my run and you know what it's my fault it's absolutely my fault I went I did my run and let's just say I got into a little bit of wine last night I had a little bit of some wine you know and I wasn't gonna have a lot but you know sometimes you have a little wine And then that wine is in your stomach going, bring on, let's bring us some more friends. And then you're like, all right, one more. I don't want you, I don't want you to be lonely, wine. I'll go get a couple more friends. Then you have, you know, you have another glass. And then, well, I mean, now there's a lot. And they're going, let's invite everyone. Let's invite all the wines. So you start dumping that in there. And then you wake up and you got to go run. Oh, God. Running dehydrated is like, one of the worst feelings it's fine for the first bit the first kilometer is fine and i was doing good and then by 1.3 kilometers i was like i don't even know how i'm going to make it to the end of this thing and that's the that's the real that's the real in a weird way point of running to me is that you're battling yourself the whole time it's not like any it's like anything else you do it at no point does your brain go like oh let's keep doing this this is fun Let's keep going. Literally the whole time. My brain is going, "Why don't we just stop? Let's just stop." Just lay just sit down, there's a nice bench. And you got to like it's so funny to have that conversation with yourself. And you got to go, "Hey, don't talk to me." And then your brain's like, "Well, I am you." And you go, "Yeah, but I'm me, too." And I'm also me. And it's like, "Yeah, but I know you." And I'm like, "But I I know I know me, too." and i barely got through it and i got to the end and i'm t- there's like i don't know 50 meters left and just i ran while like up like heaving or whatever and then at the end it was it was horrendous it just ugh but you know what that's my that's i said this is your fault the whole time the whole time i was like i feel like this i feel like shit and i said yeah this is your fault you have to pay this price because you wanted to go, you wanted to have some wines last night, you invent you invited more of the wines into your stomach, and this is the price you pay, so I don't know, I guess that's what it is, and I am not someone who have even minds throwing up by the way, because I used to do it all the time as a kid. I used to be the puke master because I had a lot of anxiety and right it's funny that everyone feels anxiety in different ways, right some people. Um, they, uh, some people sweat, some people swear, um, some people will, you know, hurt a small animal, (laughs) but for me, it was always, it would always manifest in my stomach. When I got nervous about something, I would feel it in my stomach. And I'm telling you when I was a kid, I mean, I was nervous for everything. Like first day of school threw up. First day, I remember the first day of grade six, I sat down at my desk and I was so anxious that I had to run to the bathroom and go puke. And you know what? I puked and there was some kid in there and you know what he said to me? He said, ew, that's gross. And I said, how dare you? This is the natural process of my body. But I, yeah, it's, so, it's weird. First day of school, I would always throw up. I used to go to hockey camp. Disaster. I would throw up. And then the best part though is that I got over it. I just you know what I you know the real reason I was able to get over it was from doing stand up because stand up obviously is extremely nerve-wracking in the beginning and the first few years that I was doing stand up I would feel nervous before every single show to the point of that anxiety would come back. I I wouldn't be able I remember that the way it used to work was yuck yucks had an amateur night on Wednesday and you had to call in the previous week, I think on Thursday to book a spot. And I were, I remember I would book a spot on Thursday for the following Wednesday and I would barely be able to eat even over that weekend. That's how nervous I would be. So, and I would, and it would be in my stomach. So I'd have to have like smoothies, just weird stuff all week. And then I would go do the set on Wednesdays. And then I just remember that relief afterwards. And I'm like, oh, now I can eat. And then you become ravenous because your body's like, oh, we're not anxious anymore. Let's go get that poutine. I mean, if they would have had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, shout out, looking to get sponsored by them. Even if they just give me a free chicken sandwich, one a week I'd be in. If they had that back then, I would have probably eaten like 10 after the show. Because I used to get that nervous. But what happened was because... I wanted to do stand-up so bad. i It forced me to fight through those nerves that anxiety for you know relentlessly for years. I had to keep fighting through that on a regular basis. So instead of it you know stopping me, I had to force my way through it, and then guess what happens is it starts to go away because you're constantly confronting it. and I remember there was one show. I remember there was one show. It was the last one I ever felt super nervous. My whole friends, family, and everything came out to competition. And that was a day... Dude, I I had, I, had, like, leg cramps. I was so nervous. I mean, I was shaking throughout the day. I had to go for walks throughout the day. <laughs> it's crazy. And I remember um, getting on stage, doing the show. I think I did good. But regardless of even I did or not, I got off stage and I said, wow, I can... I was like, that's the epitome of how nervous I could ever feel. And then after that, it became a lot easier and slowly and slowly I would get less and less nervous before shows because I was like, oh, at least my, my entire family, my friends aren't at this one. So this is a lot easier. And now it's at the point now where I really don't get nervous at all, but that was from years of just punching it in the face, getting nervous and punching it in the face, not running. And it's not because I was like super tough or brave. It's just because I had something that I really wanted to do that happened to force me to confront that. So I feel lucky that I had that because I think, honestly, doing stand-up is the whole reason that I was able to fight through that anxiety. And maybe I just grew out of it too. I don't know. But definitely stand-up helped. And I also think the other cool thing when I think back is that, you know, my parents knew that I was the... Like nervous guy i would I would throw up right they knew about that, and my brother it's so funny because I have a twin brother, complete opposite that i never that guy would not get nervous or at least it didn't seem like it. We would be driving to hockey school, and I'd be like shaking in the back, ask my dad to pull over so I could throw up, my brother'd be like, do you why don't you just relax so it's funny, so I was the only one, but my parents and I still i owe them this is because they never, we never labeled it. They never, you know, the story that you tell yourself about something is so important and they never labeled me with anxiety or anything like that. There was never the story. It was just, they're like, yeah, you get nervous about stuff. And you know what they would say? Deal with it. (laughs) Deal with it. And that's, I think that's kind of a lost art and maybe in parenting now it's like, that's yeah, that's exactly what you should do. I remember Like, you know, when we were going to camp or whatever and tell me down, like, I'm going to throw up. He's like, Hey, if you throw up, then you just throw up, but we paid for this. You're committed to this. And so once you get on the ice and that type of stuff, you'll feel fine. And he was right. Once you get going and you get over that initial hump, then you usually feel pretty good, but there was never any coddling and there was never like, I think that it would have been very easy, especially nowadays. If you see your kid with that you know, nervous like that, you'd be like, Oh, he has a disorder. He must have some type of anxiety disorder. And it might be true, but I also think you got to be careful because if they would have told me that, then I would have had that label. And then I would have considered myself as having, instead of just being like, I'm a person that gets nervous in my stomach more than other people, I might've labeled myself as I have a disorder. There's something wrong with me. And that's just a different mindset. And God knows, Oh my God, God knows what pills they would have had me hopped up on. So anyway, just, uh, yeah, really funny episode today. Good job. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's interesting that, yeah, sometimes, sometimes there's, you know, there's not, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. Wow. This is like an Oprah podcast. You're perfect. Just the way you are. So I don't even know how you can apply that. I mean, it may be if you, if you feel nervous and you feel anxious, if you're lucky enough to have something that you're passionate about that forces you to confront that, I think that's awesome. And if not, I don't know. Because the only other place that I've ever learned about how to deal with anxiety was the Maury show. When, remember when they would do the phobia episode? We introduced you to six women who have enormous phobias. I mean, they're strange. Bubblegum. Dude, how, <laughs> how did he get away with that? Was that Mari? I swear to God, okay, every and then you know what? Every episode was the same, right? There'd be some girl or some person and they're like, I'm a I'm I have phobia and I'm deathly afraid of pickles. Afraid of pickles. <laughs> right? And Mario would be like, tell me, tell me about these, tell me about the pickle phobia. I mean, the whole world eats pickles. And they would go into it. And he would say, Well, can you see a picture? They would show a picture of a pickle. And the person would freak out. And he's like, listen, we're done. That's done. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Thank you for being brave and coming on the show. And then all of a sudden, the roof would open up and like a million pickles would fall down. And this person would have a borderline, not even borderline, a legitimate panic attack. there, If that wasn't staged... I don't know how they got through. How do you get through the liability of that? Yeah, let's... <laughs> Dude, that shows how different times were. That you could literally just pitch to people. Like, that's that was big, you know, daytime TV. That wasn't some niche thing. That was mainstream TV. They're like, yeah, let's just bring people on with weird phobias. And then we'll literally just sprinkle spiders all over them. If that's their thing, we're going to cover them with spiders. There was one... Oh my god, I wish, I wonder if I could find this. There was one where the girl was afraid of balloons. She's trembling right now because Yvonne is deathly afraid of balloons. And then they filled the, the <laughs> they filled it with balloons. Let's see, phobia, balloon phobia, that's the one. I don't think I can play this video on here. <laughs> this is so savage. Oh, no, don't go back there. That's worse. How could you get away with that? But you know what? Whatever, dude. That was like the '90s. No one gave a shit, right? That was the '90s when you could do. Uh, part of me wishes we could kind of go back to that a little bit. I mean, you don't want to be irresponsible and hurt someone, but it's kind of gone the other way where everyone's so afraid of a fraud, fraud. Everyone's so afraid of liability now. You can't even do crazy shit like that. Dude, we had, you know what? We, uh, not that I wanted to cross country ski, but I remember that in school, we weren't even allowed to cross country ski because some kid broke his leg. And it's like, that's what happens. And then his, his parents sued the school. Come on. That's what happens when you're a kid. You break stuff. That's part of being a kid. I can't believe there's people there who have never broken a bone. Have you broken a bone? You ever broke anything? When you're a kid, it's actually kind of fun. You get to wear a cast. You get people to sign the cast. And what do you got going on? You just going to school. It's not the worst thing to break a bone, and you heal, dude, so quick when you're a kid, especially when you're on creatine like me. <laughs> when you're an adult, dude, you're you're effed. I worked with a guy who tore his Achilles tendon, and it was like I know, and I know that's different, and that's gross, by the way. Ugh. He, t- he tore his Achilles just going upstairs, and he was out for like a year and a half. That's how, when you're an adult and you break stuff, you're just, you're out. That's why, I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, if you guys listen to Two Bears, One Cave with uh, Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura. And Tom Segura, they were doing some basketball thing, and uh, Tom slipped, and like his, bu- dude, he broke his leg and his, arm and it's horrendous. And my buddy watched their show last night and sent me a clip. I couldn't even watch it. Ugh. But you just know like you're done. I think if I think when old people break a bone, they it doesn't even heal. Like if you're 60 and you break your bone, they're just like, yeah, that's broke now. That's broke. Anything that breaks on you, we can't even glue it back together. You just get what you get. But yeah, breaking your bones part of being a kid. I broke my What did I break? My leg, I broke my wrist, I broke my hand. The hand was the creepiest one ever, dude. I broke my hand playing hockey. Hockey. And I don't remember what happened. You have a glove on. I don't remember how I would break my hand, but I think someone slashed my hand. And it was one of those where you don't, you never feel things break during a game because you got the adrenaline going. And then I couldn't get my glove off. In between periods, and I looked down, and my hand looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. It swelled up so much, and even worse, it was my right hand. Yes, you tell me. You think that's easy? You got to you got to learn how to wipe left-handed all of a sudden. Ugh. That was that was the worst one. That was an absolute pain in the ass having a broken hand. Oh my god! But here was the benefit. I got to have a special teacher. Who helped me write my tests because I couldn't write. And this was before, I guess, we had computers in school. So I got a teacher who would help me write all of my exams. And uh, let's just say she wanted me to do well. Because some of the stuff. <laughs> I remember one of the exams, we actually reviewed the answers in class. And then my aide showed up. And she's like, Todd, are you ready to write your test? And I'm like, yeah. And I wa- everyone in the class was like, he just... We just went over all the answers. And I walked by them. I said, bye-bye, suckas. Daddy's going to go right now. So, But yeah, man. that's what, If you break something, you want it to be a bone. Because that shit will heal. You do not want to tear. I don't even want to talk about this. Because I don't want to jinx anything. But anyway, you do not want to tear anything. And back stuff is the worst. Oh, my God. I bruised my tailbone one time. That was bruised for three years. Because as soon as your tailbone is bruised, it gets kind of back to normal. And then you fall on it. And then it's bruised again. It never goes away. It never goes away. And why do we even have a tailbone? I don't have a tail. I'm not a monkey. Get that bone out of here. Why don't they take all this stuff out of our bodies that we don't need? Tailbone, spleen, earlobes. You don't need earlobes. What is that for? I get the whole top of the ear. Because that, you know... Uh siphons the sound siphon is definitely not the word i wanted to use there but i can't think of the correct one that corrals the sound into your ear but the lobe is literally just for decoration honestly your ear lobe is like uh those frilly things that people used to put on the end of the handlebars on their bike they're just to be decorated so i don't need those you can get rid of that i don't even think men need nipples why do i have those get rid of that What else do I not need? I don't think I need all my ribs. Get rid of this stuff. Let's donate it. Let's donate it to the people. So anyway, I'm hoping you guys have, uh, I hope you have a happy Monday. I hope that you don't puke. But if you do, just remember that um, you're going to feel a lot better right after. And maybe that's a metaphor for life. You know, you got to go through the tough stuff. You got to throw up. To get that release of endorphins right after you do it. And wow, what a beautiful message that is to listen to. Um, I'm going to be recording also a an episode for a brand new podcast. Uh, I guess I can't really release the details yet, but keep your eyes peeled. I will tell you guys what it's called soon. I'm doing that this afternoon. Um, man, I hope you guys have a really good week. Uh, again, I'm putting these episodes out every day, every day let's do an episode. Why not? We got time. It's fun. It's COVID. It's lockdown. Let's do it. Let's talk every day. Thank you guys very much. Uh, remember go throw up, give yourself a hug and I will see you guys later. Bye.